Welcome to episode two of the DC Drop, where we talk all the news from this week in DC movies, TV, and comics. I'm Tom. And I'm Zach. And we've got a lot to get to, a pre-San Diego Comic-Con edition, and there's still a ton of news that has gotten out this week, so we're coming to a, a little bit early to get the news before San Diego Comic-Con. We plan to come back with an extra episode after the DC films at you know the Aquaman trailer and everything at Comic-Con, have an extra episode for that, and then we'll also have a episode on the death of Superman animated movie in the middle of next week and then so we'll have a couple of extra news and and get into all the SDCC stuff but pre-SDCC we've got a lot to get into so Aquaman we were getting more images and set visits have been announced or have been details have been released so let's just run through the new images there's official website and social media out Aquaman movie for most things aquamanmovie.com we have a first official poster what did you think of this home is calling Aquaman uh, I like it. There's been comparisons. Some people think it looks like Finding Nemo. I don't know. I like it. There's all the the sea animals and everything, and it's it's a pretty interesting poster compared to a lot of movie posters nowadays. There's a lot going on, and of course, Aquaman looks really cool. And I like the new. It's not new anymore, but the new logo for Aquaman that they have. They they changed that a little while ago, and I really like it. Yeah, I think I don't know what a Finding Nemo poster looks like, so I don't, I don't <laughs> care about that. But it, it looks cool. It reminds people it's underwater. It's totally different and unique and it's not my favorite poster ever but i think it looks good and it it looks neat it would be cool to see aquaman in his classic gear but i think they're saving that yeah for a reveal in the movie and we'll talk about that in a bit but other than that don't really complain it's cool to see all the i don't know how they got all the sharks to pose like that uh looking ahead but it it does look pretty cool It's it's a solid first poster yeah and right there at the bottom it does have that december 21st release date on it as well yeah, it looks like they're doubling. They're not backing down on that. And we thought maybe Comic-Con comes, maybe they move it because there's a ton of movies coming out the week before and December 21st. There's a handful of big budget films, a lot of them $100 million pluses. So uh, I, I still think Aquaman can do well, but it, it's it's crazy how busy it is that time of year. Yeah. There's also the Den of Geek had an SDCC cover where it is... Um, shows a bunch of characters, designs, and and looks at, we get a brief look at Black Manta and Orm's face and mask and all of that stuff. What do you think of this one? Yeah, this is, I mean, this is kind of cooler than the official poster. It's not as well put together. It doesn't look quite as polished. Like, it looks like they kind of just photoshopped a bunch of pictures they had laying around together. Right. Um, but I, just the mere fact that we get to see all of these characters and these different looks that maybe we haven't seen before, I think it makes it cooler than the the official poster for me. Right. There's Nicole Kidman and Willem Dafoe. We get our first really good look of him and, and all the different characters. And it's just, it, this is a bit of a throwback to classic eighties posters and things like that, where they just slap everyone yeah. on the screen and show them and, and everything like that. But Aquaman and Mira front and center, it's cool to see. And, yeah, we don't get a clean look at Black Mana, but what I see, I really like. It looks it looks like that might be his finished armor, whereas the photo we saw before was a bit of a prototype. But yeah, also looks really cool. Yeah. And Entertainment Weekly also put out a look at the Sea Dragons. So the Sea Dragons from Zebel, which are, are going to be out there. And, you know, James Wan has talked about how he wanted to sort of subvert people's expectations. The old classic cartoon gif of Aquaman riding a, a seahorse. And this is going to be very different and very awesome. What do you think of the Sea Dragon? Yeah, I mean, this looks like if you gave one of those seahorses some radioactive poisoning and some steroids <laughs> and stuff and 
built it up with armor. Yeah, it looks really, really cool. It looks straight out of a, a fantasy movie or book or something like that. You know, definitely like a creature that maybe you would see in Lord of the Rings or something like that. Um, but yeah, it looks really, really cool. And I, I can't wait to see all of these different, you know, it's like a whole alien world of, of new creatures that don't actually exist that we're going to get to see. And that's really cool. Yeah, I love all the designs and, and details they're putting in everything here. It looks cool and colorful. I mean, it's a, it's an underwater sea dragon yeah. with, a, with a dude riding around on it. I mean, that's just awesome. <laughs> so they were also set visit reports. If you don't know how these work, they, these set visits actually took place after last year's San Diego Comic-Con, so about a year ago. But now there's always an embargo, and they release them whenever Warner Brothers wants them released. So there's several sites that visited. We've got some notes here from Joe Blow's one, which seemed to be some of the one of the better ones I looked at. So we'll run down some of the interesting nuggets from that. And if there's anything you want to talk about, Zach, just stop me. But of course, there's everything's epic in scope, and they got to look at the characters, the creatures, the vehicles, all sorts of concept art, and was really cool to look at and how the film is going for an epic adventure, swashbuckling vibe, like Raiders of the Lost Ark or Romancing the Stone. And producer Peter Safran actually compared the Arthur and Mira relationship to the one in Romancing the Stone, which is kind of neat. Yeah, that's a, a film that I really like. And again, we've heard those comparisons quite a f- few times. Um, and obviously, since it's come up so often, I think I think James Wan is definitely taking inspiration from it. Yeah, so I think Aquaman and Mira will have a, not necessarily, that builds off what we saw in Justice League, but they're not really going to want to work together at first, but they're sort of forced into a relationship. Producer... Producer Peter Saffron also said that the New 52 version is what they was their touchstone and starting point, which is not surprising. The, the Jeff Johns work on that. And Aquaman will, in fact, have a more classic-looking orange and green costume that was confirmed. I'm pretty excited to see what that ultimately looks like, but I think that might be safe for the film. Yeah, and that's we haven't seen him in that. And like you said, I think they're saving that back, and I think there's going to be like a new updated version that's going to look pretty cool. We'll also see the origin of a young Arthur Curry with flashbacks, so I wonder if we'll get... Batman Begins, Man of Steel type vibes where the origin youthful scenes are sort of interjected throughout the film when it makes sense. Yeah, that that makes the most sense to me, I think. So two-thirds of the film is underwater. I thought that was a pretty cool nugget to get. I was surprised it's that much. Right. I I know they talked about a lot of of it was going to be underwater, but and how time intensive it is to do all those underwater scenes. So it's really surprising that the vast majority of the film, I thought maybe 50-50 would be an ambitious goal, but two-thirds, that's a lot. Yeah, I was hoping for 50-52, so to get two-thirds, that's exciting. You shouldn't be complaining about not enough underwater scenes in Aquaman, yeah. if that's the case. that's That just shows you why it has taken so long to even get a trailer, because so much of this film is visual effects intensive. Yep. We also know, you know, Orm is going to be the primary villain, but his story will have some overlap with Black Manta's, and they're hoping, if Aquaman goes well, that we'll see more of Black Manta in future films, and I could definitely see him being the big villain in, in Aquaman too if all goes well. Yeah, and none of this is surprising. This all kind of seems to fit in the plan that you have um, just based on the little bit of details we had already. Some of the more things we can look forward to seeing, all seven underwater kingdoms in the film will be represented, which is pretty cool. We've talked about how there are seven different kingdoms and to actually get to see them and how different they are and how similar they are, I think that's pretty cool to look forward to. Yeah, we saw the one shot last week of the one kingdom and we speculated, would we see the others? And it looks like we're going to. That's really cool. Yeah, and the, the Atlanteans' weapons and techs tech, which we hope to see more of with the trailer soon. Uh, it's been described as more colorful versions of the Elvish stuff in Lord of the Rings. And one will also homage Creature of the Black Lagoon and have a chance to do a horror scene with the trench. If you don't know the trench, 
the new 52. There's some scary underwater monsters, which could be a really cool scene with, with Juan's horror background. I wouldn't want the whole film to be a horror film, obviously, with Aquaman, but you can in- insert a scene or two. It could be pretty fun. Right. It'd almost be a waste to not have some sort of horror elements during the film if you're having James Wan direct. Yeah. And Juan said that the film is about Arthur becoming the classic Aquaman. So that's his journey in the film. Not terribly surprising for the first solo film. Right. Uh, he also said that he worked with Snyder and DC work. Zack Snyder and DC worked with him on Justice League. So he didn't want all of Justice League to be or all of Atlantis to be shown in Justice League, which is pretty cool. And I think that's cool to give Juan a chance to design Atlantis and do with it what he wants and really unleash it in the Aquaman film. Yeah, I'm glad that he was involved and they've been they've been thinking this out for a long time. Yeah, so a lot to look forward to with Aquaman and we'll be getting the trailer where we can really talk about, you know, what we see and get our first good look at this film. Definitely. All right, moving on to the Joker. Uh, which version of the Joker, you ask? I'm talking about the Joaquin <laughs> Phoenix Todd Phillips Joker movie that's going to be released October 4th, 2019. So Joker is the official title. October 4th, 2019 is the official release date. Um, if that date seems familiar, it's because it's pretty close to the kitchen. So it's two weeks after that, and it's four weeks before Wonder Woman 1984, which is November 1st. So it's getting kind of a little bit crowded around that time in 2019 for DC movies. Although I think they would probably spin in as a kitchen really isn't a DC film. That's just a not really a DC film. And this Joker film isn't part of the DCU, so it's not really, really crowded. But at the same time, there are three movies coming out really close together from Warner Brothers about DC related comic things. Right. I mean, the Joker is much smaller budget than Wonder Woman 84 and Kitchen is even smaller than that, I presume. So I don't, I'm not worried about the release date and everything, but it's, I guess it's exciting. After going more than 13 months between Justice League and Aquaman for a live action DC movie, the next 10 and a half months, we're going to get five really between Aquaman, Shazam, The Kitchen, which is, you know, a Vertigo movie, if you, if you count that or not, uh, Joker and Wonder Woman 1984. So that's, that's pretty exciting. Uh, it is, it is tight to see three in six weeks, but I'm glad it's better than the alternative. Yeah, and this, I mean, I think this is going to happen more and more often, these kind of situations, because of just the sheer number of projects that they have in the works that we've been hearing about. They're going to have to come out at some point, and, you know, there's only so much time in a year to release those. Right, and that's a, that's a good release date for the Joker, the Joker yeah. film, and I think it will do well. You know, the box office expectations are going to be much lower. And I think it will have plenty of time to shine in October if it, if it does well. Yeah, me too. Uh, moving on to Shazam, we've got a lot more stuff. This all comes from Entertainment Weekly, all that we're getting into here. But they have a lot more photos and everything, including an SDCC exclusive cover of Zachary Levi as Shazam. He's got some bubblegum and he's got a cell phone and looks like a, a teenage kid enjoying being a superhero. Yeah, he is. I mean, we haven't seen it in action yet, but just the pictures we've seen of him, he definitely has the vibe of I'm a kid who just somehow became a superhero, which is exactly what we're going for. So it's, yeah, this looks fun. We also got another look of Shazam with Freddy. We get to see the costume in the snow, lots of snow this time, and the, the lightning bolt lit up. It's just another cool look at the at the costume and everything. Yeah, and we've talked about this costume. It's going to look, uh, Sandberg has talked about how it's going to look really cool because of the the light up effects. And then he's also got the, the backpack reminding you that he's just a little kid. And we also have probably my favorite photo was the look at Billy and Freddie in Freddie's room, which is just littered with DC and DC movie Easter eggs. We get to see 
lots of Superman, lots of Batman related stuff. Obviously, a Time Magazine from the the Kryptonian Invasion and Man of Steel. A Superman is back. Daily Planet paper. Uh, an official, I think that's an official bullet that bounced off of Superman. Yeah, certified that, that Freddie has, and I think he's wearing an Aquaman shirt. We don't get a good look at it, but that's just that's just awesome. And I'm really excited to see Freddie as a fan of superheroes and stuff like that. I wonder if I don't know if Billy will be in the film, but I think that's pretty cool to see. Yeah, and that's again, that's just like so so cool. Like we haven't really seen this anywhere in any comic book movie before. Um, this kid turning into a hero and like becoming the the thing that he's kind of idealized for a long time. Um, so I really, really hope there's some sort of cameo with some of these heroes that he idolizes. Right. And so it, a cynical person would say they're just promoting the other stuff, but I think this makes perfect sense. If for Shazam to, yeah. for Freddie to be excited about superheroes and, and everything like that, excited about it to have, here's a super a Superman and Batman fanboy, And he wants to see, uh, he loves seeing those characters, and it makes sense because you get that kid's perspective, and I think it's just really smart and really cool, and that's something I've always liked in the in the comics. So, but it doesn't remind me, man. We're going to see a lot of Jack Dylan Grazer as Freddy because he's going to have scenes with Asher Angel as Billy and Zachary Levi as Shazam. So he's he's got to have a big role. Yeah, and also in the Entertainment Weekly print article, the Peter Safran was asked about future Shazam appearances if he'll you know meet up with the Justice League or anything like that, and he said. Wouldn't be surprised to see Shazam play a role in the DCEU or the DCU, Safran says. And the article goes on to say sequels too are being plotted, but they'll have to factor in something that other superhero films don't worry about, gross birds. The 15-year-old angel won't look like an adolescent Billy for long. We have plans in place for sequels that take into account those realities, Safran promises. Yeah, and I, I feel kind of dumb because I haven't actually thought about that until now that, yeah, we're this is a child actor and he's going to grow up really fast. It's kind of like, you know, the Harry Potter films, they had to film them all back to back to back. And, you know, even at the end, the kids were way older than they were playing. But um, yeah, that's just something I didn't even think about. Yeah. So hopefully it's, it's a tricky thing because normally you don't want to rush a sequel or anything, but if it does well, you have to take in the logistical aspects that not only Billy Batson, but the, the main cast is all kids right? and they are going to age. And so if you want to, you know, if, if you don't film them, the next film until they're adults, you lose the whole point of Shazam, which is to have that childlike wish fulfillment of the main cast. So it's it's definitely something I'm glad they've at least thought about it. You know, I don't want them to necessarily rush into doing two more films before they see how this one does. But uh, I'm glad they've thought about it. Yeah. Moving on to Birds of Prey, the rap has the main characters who are set to appear in the film. We've wondered, besides Harley, who might show up in this film? And according to the rap, we'll get Margot Robbie's Harley Quinn, of course, reprising her Suicide Squad role. And along with her will be Dinah Lance, Black Canary, Helena Bertinelli, the Huntress, Cassandra Kane. They don't say who she will be playing, if she'll just be Cassandra Kane. She's been Batgirl, Black Bat, and Orphan at various points in the comics since she was introduced. So we don't know who she will be playing, if she will be playing a hero. And Renee Montoya, who has been a GCPD, GCPD detective, and she's also been the question uh, in some more recent comics. So we don't know if those two will be playing costumed characters, but that seems like who is going to be in it. And we don't know if this is actually the team or if this is just characters who will be in the film. Right. Especially like with Renee Montoya, there's a chance that she's not on the team. She's maybe on right. the opposite side. She's she's the one tracking him down, investigating him or whatnot. But yeah, the Harley or not Harley Margot has talked about how she wanted a, a pretty diverse cast of characters do you think they they did a good job with these yeah i mean i'm i'll be more excited when i see who they actually cast yeah. in the role 
um, and get some official confirmation on who's going to be in it and everything and what the ages, you know, if they go with a young Cassandra Kane or, or everything else. And if these characters are established, uh, I'm curious, there's no mention of Barbara Gordon at all, right. not as Batgirl, not as Oracle. Um, that makes me think maybe Matt Reeves wants to use that character in the Batman movie, or maybe, um, they're saving it for later or maybe they just don't, don't want her, but that was surprising. I thought if, if you're not going to have Barbara Gordon as Batgirl, maybe you'll have her as Oracle in that. And they still could, but it doesn't look like it. Um, and the article also says that a Batman villain who hasn't been in a movie before will be the penguin or will be the villain. <laughs> so not the penguin is what I meant to say. Um, you know, there was talks, talks a while back that the penguin was going to be in either Matt Reeves' Batman movie or Birds of Prey. So if he's not in Birds of Prey, that makes it me think that he will be in Batman. But we'll have to wait and see on that. So we don't know who the villain will be, although I know I've speculated maybe Black Mask or something like that would make sense um, in terms of Batman villains who haven't been in a movie before. Yeah, that and also I think a, a female villain would probably be mm-hmm. nice to have in this film. Um, not that it necessarily has to be Black Mask would work as well, but... Um, It'd be cool to have a female villain. Yeah, and I know you talked before about Talia al Ghul, I think would be cool, yeah. but we've seen her before, so um, there, there are other female villains that we could see, Magpie or, or something yeah. like that, but uh, we'll just have to wait and see on that. On to DC Universe. We've got big DC Universe news, including pricing details. So we've talked about how it releases this fall with original programs, a back library of movies, TV, comics, and a daily news program they mentioned. Right now, and this has changed multiple times since they put this up, I think, but right now you can get a, it says both plans will have a seven-day free trial, and they will have both monthly and annual options. So the monthly is $7.99 a month if you want to pay it month to month in the U.S., or there is the annual plan, which is $74.99, which is about $6.25 a month. You can pre-order the annual plan now and get three extra months for free. Sounds like we're making an ad there yeah. um, and that will also come with premium annual member benefits and rewards so what do you think of this yeah so this is this is definitely cheaper than i thought it was going to be when we you and i talked about when they were announcing all the things that were going to be in the catalog about our predictions for price and i think we every new thing that we saw that they added we pushed up the price a little bit and probably got to like 15 20 a month as a reasonable price and it's come in at less than half of that so that's that's really exciting. It's really, I don't like how would you an aggressive price point. I guess is what how a salesperson mm-hmm. would pitch it. Um, yeah. They're they're trying to get people to sign up, and yeah, that's I'm really surprised. And the I don't know. I don't think they know yet, but the the annual plan you get the the quote unquote premium annual member benefits. I'm not sure what that is between <laughs> yeah. the differences between that and monthly. They probably don't know yet. Right. Yeah, we'll get into that. But yeah, I, I mean, this sounds like a great. This is totally fair. Oh yeah. Um, I, I would for the original programs, you know, a handful of original TV shows just to start. Um, if they have a a decent library of movies, TV, and comics that stays on and doesn't rotate too fast, I think this is a tremendous value and something I'm pretty excited about. And thinks a good is a really good deal for DC fans. Yeah, me too. So along with that, we also got the first trailer for Titans, which is going to be a live action show on DC Universe. Um, so you can check that out on YouTube um it's it's pretty dark it's gritty they've been talking about how the show is going to be dark and gritty but i i think maybe it didn't really click with me until i saw this trailer just what they were talking about this is a tv ma mature audiences only kind of show for sure right so it's essentially an r-rated i think tvma is 18 and older and there there's some violence there's some language there's some 
surprising stuff that you wouldn't necessarily associate with the Teen Titans, even though they've had some more mature and dark stories. But this is not Teen Titans. This is Titans. Um, we get lots of, of Robin and lots of Raven. It seems like the, they'll focus on them early in the season or in the first episode at least because we just got brief flashes of Beast Boy, Starfire, Hawk and Dove, and some other stuff. But uh, overall, what you, would you think of the trailer? I mean, I, I liked it quite a bit. It's I Obviously, I still need to wait until I see the show to judge it. Uh, I think there, it's going to be a fine line to walk, um, especially with Robin in the trailer of how, you know, how to respect the rest of the DC universe, but also be kind of like edgy and stuff. Um, so watch the trailer, you know what I'm talking about. Um, so I'm interested to see how that plays out. And then, yeah, the a really big focus on Raven and kind of, it seems like the horror elements of her character, which obviously makes sense. She's a very, if you think about what is going on to her, it's very scary. Um, and it looks really cool. I'm not a huge fan of horror stuff, but I've, like especially like last season on legends i really liked what they did with the horror stuff and so this at least has piqued my interest yeah i'm definitely mixed on this trailer as a whole i think some stuff looks pretty good i think the look of robin and raven are both pretty good and the brief flash brief flashes of the other powers and stuff look look pretty good um i prefer the the teen titans is a little more not tv ma and more pg-13 yeah. and more tv-14 type of, of teen titans and stuff uh the the violence and the the language and the gore and stuff like that don't really do anything for me. I, it doesn't mean there can't be a good story and stuff with that. So I'm I'm not opposed to it, but it's not necessarily something I'm excited for. And yeah, that I mean that looked like Robin. I, I slowed it down. It looked like he stabbed a guy in the neck with a yeah, um, stomped on a guy in the neck, and then I couldn't tell if he, he shot some guys. But if Robin is Dick Grayson is shooting people uh, and just mowing them down like John Wick, I'll be pretty disappointed. Uh, if that was Red Hood, I would have thought that was an awesome scene. You know, if that was Jason yeah. Todd, I would be like, oh, yeah, that's really cool. But seeing Dick Grayson do that was off-putting. Yeah, and I think that that made me think of a good, like, to put it in a good way. It's it's not that all of this stuff and the TVMA stuff, like, makes it bad. You still have to have a good story. And it it almost feels like they're, they're trying to rely on that, like, oh, look at how dark mm-hmm. and gritty this is. That's what's going to get people in where it doesn't really matter if you have that. If it's not servicing the story, then it doesn't really help. Yeah, the trailer as a whole, with the music and everything, it rem- gave me a really, like it was trying to be edgy and angsty. It kind of reminded me of, I jokingly compared it to the Electra scene in Ben Affleck's Daredevil movie where she's training in to <laughs> Evanescence, bring me to life and stabbing sandbags and stuff like that. It just it just felt a little edgy and angsty. It's like, oh yeah, this is, this is dark and gritty. But with the talent behind it, I'm still, um, you know, Jeff Johns, Greg Berlini, I'm going to obviously going to give this a chance and, and watch this and everything. Um, but I will say as a whole, my I'm probably anticipating this less now than I was before the trailer. So in that, in that respect, the trailer was a failure for me. I'm curious to see what, you know, everybody's reaction was as a whole, but this did not make me more excited to see Titans. Yeah. And obviously we're still going to watch it and um, they, you're not going to figure out those story points from the trailer. You got to watch the, the whole series to to get the story so i'm i'm still hopeful that the the story is going to be really good yeah as am i and and seeing this stuff in context what's actually happening and and everything like that rather than a few brief snippets um yeah definitely wait to see the full episode before you think that but not not the strongest trailer i would say to to start things off for titans yeah i agree on to some more tv news so we knew batman batwoman was going to appear 
in this year's CW crossover for the DC shows, but now the CW is developing a Batwoman TV series. Not terribly shocking to have an extension of that. And it would debut in 2019 if ordered to series, but currently they just have a script development stage deal. So not even a pilot order, they just have someone developing a script. And that person is Carolyn Dries, who was a writer for Smallville. She did 12 episodes from seasons 5 to 8. Some really good ones, one really bad one, and some okay ones. Uh, when I looked at it, she's also worked on Melrose Place and The Vampire Diaries, where she was an executive producer and writer. And she's also expected to consult on the crossover, which makes sense. So she can will have some input on the character before debuting the TV show if all goes well. And Dries, Greg Berlanti, Sarah Schechter, and Jeff Johns will all be executive producers as well. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's getting a little crowded in CW, but it, it was already a little crowded. Um, but this is still, this is really exciting news. I, I like Batwoman as a character, and I think TV is probably a really good place to introduce her and have her. And so I'm, I'm pretty optimistic about this. Obviously, Greg Berlanti is involved and pretty much everything he touches is good. Um, so I, I think they, they've got a good handle on how to make a good DC show at CW. And if they can expand that into to more characters that are interesting, go for it. Yeah, there's been a lot of speculation that this could be made as a potential replacement for Arrow or one of the other shows if it if it yeah. if they're not doing well. And I think this makes perfect sense because it can be developed now and you can see how the character does in December what the reaction is before you even have to film a pilot. And then if one of if Arrow or some other show isn't doing well, you would have you could have Batwoman ready as a replacement and still have the same number of DC shows. I think that's a pretty smart way to look at it where they don't have to commit to this until they get to see the reaction to the character. Right. There's also a synopsis that was released for the in development show. Yeah. And it says armed with a passion for social justice and a flair for speaking her mind. Kate Kane soars onto the streets of Gotham as Batwoman an out lesbian and highly trained street fighter primed to snuff out the falling city's criminal resurgence. But don't call her a hero yet. In a city desperate for a savior, Kate must overcome her own demons before embracing the call to be Gotham's symbol of hope. Yeah, and Batwoman is an awesome character, and so I'm I'm excited to see what this is. I think it's weird with the Birds of Prey because a lot of the the Birds of Prey movie, because a lot of the supporting characters I would want to see in this show are probably going to be in that in that movie, and so I don't and I don't want to see double. So it's a little tricky. Um, that's the only thing holding back my excitement for it. But I think it can still be really good. And TV Line added that they're seeking an out lesbian actress, any ethnicity, any ethnicity, any ethnicity to play late twenties. So they're they're actually wanting an, an out lesbian to play Kate Kane, who is an out lesbian. And then Deadline also had a note that Jeff Johns has has been producing a Batgirl film for Warner Brothers, right? Which we knew is in development for a while. I thought that was just a random note that Deadline threw in, and so I wonder um, if that's still the case. If that's another one of the projects he's working on besides Green Lantern Corps movie. Also, thrown in an Entertainment Weekly article about Batwoman was just a note that this year's Arrowverse crossover will only feature Arrow, The Flash, and Supergirl episodes, so no Legends of Tomorrow. It's just going to be three shows. They don't say if Legends characters will appear, but I thought that was pretty surprising. Yeah, it is really surprising. Um, I, I'm not sure for the reason. I mean, scheduling kind of makes the most sense. It's probably hard to schedule all these things, um, but... I don't know. Maybe we'll see some of the characters just not actually have an episode on Legends. Yeah, it just tells us that they're going to do something different after trying to do four episodes last year. Maybe they want something smaller or they have to do something smaller budget-wise or if it's just a scheduling thing and 
Legends characters will still show up. Um, but yeah, we'll just have to wait and see what that looks like. But we know it's going to have those three shows and as well as Batwoman in it. Yeah. And I, I have to remind myself that not this crossover, but the one before that invasion, they called a four episode crossover, but it was really two minutes at the end of Supergirl. So it wasn't really a four episode crossover. Yeah, absolutely. So we'll see how this, how this goes, but I'm excited to see what kind of storyline and what they're going to do for it. Yep. And the last note today is that part two of Freedom Fighters, the Ray, the animated series is now available on the CWC. So they're calling this Earth X. It's a single 32 minute episode. Part one was released last December and they're rename they re-edited it into a single 35 minute episode and called it hero rises i'm glad i guess it's all in one instead of cutting it up into to five or six minute episodes but yeah if you want a continuation of the crisis on earth x storyline from last year it is out there now yeah it was really cool looking forward to checking out the second half all right that is all we have for today thanks for listening and we'll be back soon with uh, an sdcc movie recap